Hello and welcome to The Quest. My name is Alan Mulhan. This episode will present an aspect of consciousness that is central to my argument underlying this podcast series. As you are probably aware, I presented a terrifying scenario for the times ahead in which multidimensional crises are the inevitable result of a global business civilization that embraces all countries on the earth. Some people may wish to focus attention on the climate crisis. Some stress the economic, others the financial, some the spiritual, and so on. The vision of the quest is that there is a very broad range of these crises, and I have called them the Ten Horsemen of the Apocalypse. This is because I am aware of ten, but there are no doubt surprises in store, but the exact number is hardly important. These horsemen or crises of our times are as follows. The economic, the financial and debt crises, the pandemic, growing political division and discord, social inequality and fragmentation, global ecological disaster, the impact of technology, accelerating artificial intelligence, the alteration of human nature, nanotechnology for example, intensifying military conflict and war, the conflict of ideas such as the potential paradigm changes of our age, and the spiritual vacuum of our times. Not only are there a considerable number, but they can only be understood in a systemic, interreacting manner. Moreover, there is nothing accidental about any of them. They are all anthropogenic in one form or another, even the pandemic, as I shall argue in a coming podcast. I've termed them apocalyptic, since these emerging crises are revealing of the state we are in. In Greek, apocalypse means to reveal. But also in the sense they are pushing us to extinction. I do not mean this just as a metaphor or an archetype. I mean it literally. However, it's possible that we will avoid the extinction, but pass through a trauma to our species, and by this means we may be forced to change, hopefully in a positive direction. I also argue that our science and reason will not save us, although, if properly directed, they are crucial to the major reorientation required. I believe that deep attitudinal change is needed within the psyche of Homo sapiens. There have been times in history when this has happened. The major religions of the world, for example, have fundamentally changed the consciousness of billions. So too has revolutionary political thought, and also the emergence of science and a more rational way of thinking. Consciousness is capable of great change. Paradigm shifts are possible. Yet most of these big changes, if not all, originated in the great crises of the age in which they were born. Such is our age. As our crises intensify, the search for new vision, fit for the times we live in, will be demanded. The quest is an attempt to step up to the plate. There are many great stories of spiritual transformations experienced by individuals and which have subsequently changed the world. Typically, these individuals suffered the crises of their times intensely in their own person. Some of them have tapped into a transcendent vision which is then passed on to others, sometimes whole civilizations. Extraordinary religious teachers like Christ, the Buddha, Muhammad, were evidently such visionaries, but there are numerous other instances. One example, close to our own times, is that of Carl Gustav Jung, 
and there is a mini-series on his life and work in earlier podcasts, episodes 6 to 13 of season 2. In today's episode, I've decided to do something rather different. I've chosen the mythic individual at the start of Chinese history, the Yellow Emperor, who is roughly dated at 2600 BCE and lived at a time of wars and managed to unite China into one state. He is also famous as a spiritual ruler. He was, purportedly, the founder of Chinese medicine and civilization in China. Please note, healing and civilization go together. We find comparable stories in ancient Egypt and the Hindu scriptures. Following these ideas, I have constructed a poem using the story of the Yellow Emperor's retreat to the mountains of the West in search of enlightenment at the feet of the sage Guanchensky. This is one of the earliest stories we have of the search for spiritual illumination and its impact not just on an individual but on the collective, which was in deep discord. I believe such a story, myth or archetype, is right for our time. We need individuals, many of them, to seek higher knowledge, gnosis, to come out of the cave of illusion and see the light, as Plato advised, to search for higher wisdom through personal illuminative experiences, to have their eyes opened to the nature of reality, to be leaders in their families, communities, countries and civilizations. By their example, others can follow, knowing this path is real. The poem lasts around 11 minutes and has references to perhaps mythical Chinese history. The literary sources for Taoist philosophy are taken from The Secret of the Golden Flower, a book of great importance to Jung. It is not only a meditation text but a fabulous exposition of Taoist philosophy and has some direct parallels with Jungian depth psychology. Thus, the slag of darkness resembles the shadow. The dark pass refers to the movement through darkness to the light, since the sage Guanchensky is referred to as master of the pass. The centre in the midst of conditions is the omnipresent centre of creation within the human psyche. The supreme ultimate is a reference to the Tao itself, the great one before the opposites divide. The diamond body is the result of the alchemical work in Jungian psychology, the self. In the phenomenal world, mankind develops as a multiplicity of individuals, each with a central life principle, which at birth splits into the complementary opposites of Hising, human nature or logos, and Ming, life or eros. Hising and Ming are both principles that transcend any individual. In Jungian terminology, they are archetypes. There are references also to the circulation of the light around the subtle body, something which captured Jung's attention since he was working on parallel ideas of the movement to the self being a circulation process. In addition, apart from Jungian psychology, there are references to the importance of this circulation of energy or of the light as the core of the work, especially the meeting of light with darkness. 
There are also references to the sixth chakra, the heavenly heart, where light is the master. There is a need to find a state of non-thinking, the centre that is nowhere. Following Taoist philosophy, there is emphasis on the great importance of nature, the balance of opposites, the dangers of continual worldly distractions, duties and the preoccupations of the ego. There is a firm conviction that an enlightened state exists as a possibility for all human beings in this life. The emperor then is emblematic of all those on a spiritual search. There are also references in the poem to the I Ching, the Book of Changes, since there are two castings of the Yarrow Storks, alternative methods to coins, within the poem. The first has a reading of number two, the receptive, while the second casting has a reading of number 33, the retreat. This will become clearer in the poem. The reading is constructed by the casting of the Yarrow stalks or coins, by which six lines are formed, a hexagram, made up of broken and or unbroken lines, the yin and yang representations. The reading is an answer to a question that is posed at the beginning by he or she who seeks guidance. The unique hexagram that is formed corresponds to a reading, of which there are 64 in the I Ching. While there are many references to the Yellow Emperor in Chinese history, and also to Guanchensky, the sage, I have started the poem with the sorcerer Babu, who sends the emperor on his journey to the mountains. Babu is a fictional character, but each court would have had such readers of oracles and the like. Here is the poem. I hope you enjoy it. Twas in the land of Babu, when China scarce was formed. The warring tribes then did prevent a nation from being born. An emperor rose among them. The sword ne'er left his hand. Revenge hard followed insult. War rolled across the land. The queen, however, called for child. The Yarrow stalks were thrown. The receptive was the hexagram. That night the seeds were sown. Next day at noon a troop was sent to bring the Babu hence, that he might cast the oracle and prophesy events. Beside the emperor Babu sat, the fire in cauldron burnt. The court in hushed silence lay, the sun wheel it is turned. The emperor throws the arrow stalks, the Babu hums in trance. The Tao now meets the human world. Here fate appears as chance. The anxious nobles have to wait while the lines are formed. This is the will of heaven. The king is now informed. The Babu pauses at the fire. The court is in distress. The reading is retreat, withdraw. From this will come success. Great king, your land is split in wars, but now you'll call for peace. Your task will be quite other. This violence now must cease. Your child will be a sign for all. Put down the drum and sword, for you must go in search of light. The emperor, seek his lord. 
Thus strongly spoke the Babu to King and Yellow Court. They were astonished at such words. Their counsel now meant naught. The Emperor knew at once the need to bring back higher lords, to teach his kingdom inner peace, and truly end these wars. And where is it that I must go? What journey must I make? Where is this light that I must seek? What tasks to undertake? Where is this age to help me? Must I do this alone? These questions to the Babu asked. The Emperor seeks his home. The western lands be your retreat, where mountains touch the skies. Through the dark pass you must go, the heavenly heart there lies. The centre midst conditions must be your only goal. The minded must be emptied, so you can find your soul. The emperor journeyed with his troop till foothills were in sight. With master of the tavern, sojourned he the knight, who told him that an emptiness at the centre lay, which is the essence of the Tao, the secret of the way. In high mountains lived the sage, Guanchensky was his name, to whom the emperor did confide that Tao was his aim. But mysteries had to deepen, the sage to him did say, so that the arrow hits its mark, you must lose your way. The emperor needed patience, required now for this task. Enigmas built on paradox, truth lies behind a mask. This is a different power. Your wealth, it now means naught. You have the status of the wind. You seek what can't be bought. He bends his knee, his head is bowed, he listens to the birds. The leaves, they rustle in the wind, they seem to speak some words. They tell him to be silent, and in a void to stay. His tasks and obligations are only in the way. Close to the sage's lodgings, in hut the emperor stayed, outside of which a fire he kept. At shrine close by he prayed. Here confessed his anguished heart, released his pride and scorn, confessed his darkest secrets, asked to be reborn. The slag of darkness must be met by the higher light that circulates the body round as day comes from the night. Distractions must be put aside. Desires must now all cease. The diamond body there is found. Then you'll find your peace. Thus spoke Wanchensky to the king of light that comes at morn. This is the supreme ultimate beyond all earthly form. In the forehead it ignites a force with many names. A dragon from the ashes, it rises then in flames. But how do I attain this? The emperor gasped in awe. To me, it seems much easier to prosecute these wars. 
My generals obey me. They fight throughout the land. My very word is life or death. All at my command. All at your command, Guanchensky laughs. You think the world is yours? Because the people bow their heads and carry out your wars? Now go into your hut and pray, beside the fire do lie. Gaze into your inner depths, behold the deep night sky. The emperor bade the sage good night. He crossed the darkening wood. He heard the wind in the trees, by which he understood that now you should surrender, admit that you're confused. You're just a part of nature. Why should you refuse? Now leave your pride and your desires. They only cloud the sky. Gaze into the starry depths. Imagine that you die. Float above your body. There's nothing to achieve. Just be silent, yet alert. To think is to deceive. The emperor at the fire now sits. He looks into the flames. He sees his life now passing by, with its joy and pain. He sees a blaze of glory, a passion in the light. But then it simply is no more, extinguished in the night. Again he hears Guanchensky's laugh, all at your command. A pain within his body strikes, and now the truth is found. For death shall be your master, these ashes are your fate. A bitter taste is in your mouth, your time is getting late. Despair then rises in the king, his fire it now goes out. I'm just a creature in the wood. I'm full of fear and doubt. The final wisps from the flames float upwards to the moon. The stars he can't distinguish from smoke in the gloom. But the glory then he glimpses. The sky begins to clear. A thousand stars above his head in the void appear. A voice he hears above the wood, but inside him as well. If you have ears, then hear these words. A truth to you I'll tell. In beginning is the one from whose womb doth come. The opposites that make this world. The stars, the moon and sun. There is eternal balance between the yin and yang. The only force to break this law lies in the heart of man. The emperor to the cosmos looks, a dragon there he saw, the fiery spirit of the Tao beyond all earthly law. It blazed right through the darkness, a joy rose in his soul. The Tao is planted in your breast, it's there to make you whole. Your task is now to learn this law, to find your inner peace. Expel the slag of darkness. Obsessions now must cease. Study now the healing arts, the mystery of the herb. Learn the art of medicine. It's nature you observe. For three full moons the emperor dwelt. 
in the mountain height. He learnt to look inside himself and find an inner light. The Tao that is outside of you, you can find within. Unite your double nature, the hissing and the ming. The emperor bids the sage adieu, who gives to him a cone. The land you seek is nowhere. Can that be your true home? The emperor smiles as one who knows. There's no need to reply. He has the status of the wind. This home he cannot buy. Take back these teachings to your court. To your land bring peace. The opposites you will unite. This conflict then will cease. For you're the yellow emperor. Your right hand has the sword. Your left it holds the healing herbs. Thus you know your lord. Down the mountains now he went, his troop fast by his side. He cast a glance up to the clouds. Guanchensky there resides. And as the night now gathers, he dedicates a vow to the dragon in the sky. The mystery of the towel.